the children of the Force. Welcome to episode 15 of Children of the Force, a podcast about Star Wars by one adult and his two kids. I'm Al Nawatsky, the adult. I'm Anna, and I'm nine. I'm Liam, and I'm six. I almost said seven. Because <laughs> well, I'm you're, almost seven. You're getting close to seven. In this episode of Children of the Force, we have an interview with Fantasy Flight Games' Kyle Decker. We're going to get to that in just a minute, and we'll devote most of this episode to that interview. Uh, but first, let's talk about the Star Warsy things we've been up to lately. Uh, well, a few nights ago, on Friday night, we had a movie night at your school, kids. Oh. Yes, it was a packed house. Hmm. I was really surprised at how many kids seemed to have not seen the movie that we watched. What movie did we watch? Star Wars. A New Hope. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. I when, heard some kids. I, yeah. When I checked, when I checked in that. Um, when I checked in the Totoro room, uh-huh. there was actually more, peop- more people there than the Star Wars They room. were showing Totoro also, My Neighbor Totoro, which is a great movie. I mean, it's honestly probably one of the better animated movies ever made. I love that movie so much. Um, so, you know, it's a great school. And I think a lot of parents, you know, given the choice between Star Wars... I mean, Star Wars is a little more for bigger kids, and there were a lot of little kids there. And, but there was um, a lot of people there. There were a lot of people in both rooms. I think both rooms had an equal amount, actually. But like I said, a lot of kids seem to have not seen the movie before or were kind of confused about where it fell in the chronology. I heard kids saying, like, is this, where does this, is this four or is this three, you know? Um, She said, the gym teacher who showed the movie said that that it was the first one, and then someone said it was the fourth one, she said, well, it's the first one ever made, and then someone said, well, isn't it the first one? And they... It was really weird. Yeah, it is It is still confusing for people. People still get confused. And I just, yeah, I wish there was an easy way to talk about it. To just say, it's this one, you know? Um, I know. We could just say the... I only just say it's the fourth... It, it's the New Hope, the fourth yeah. movie. Yep, episode four. The New Hope. Yeah, A New Hope. That's... Yeah. Oh, yeah, A New Hope. Yep. I just went... I think someone's going to be confused by it. I just say A New Hope. Right, we don't need to say the episode numbers at all. And actually, even uh, with The Force Awakens, it's not Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. If you look at everything, look at the poster, look at uh, all the stuff that Star Wars says, it just says Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Now, it, it is Episode Seven, but they don't say that anywhere on the poster and stuff. So I think Star Wars is trying to kind of get away from the episode numbers because they realize that they are kind of confusing for people. Um, it always leads to a conversation. Oh, wait, what? I thought episode one was this one. I thought the first one was this one, right? So I still hear older older people, people older than me, when they say, oh, my favorite Star Wars movie was number, was two. They mean The Empire Strikes Back. They, they still call it two. Like, people who grew up with Star Wars call it two. <laughs> so I think, yeah, it can be confusing. Uh, I think one thing that could really ease that confusion is if these movies were on Netflix and all of the kids would have seen them already. Like, these movies need to be on Netflix. I cannot believe they're not on Netflix yet. Well, they're kind of a special movie. Yeah, but kids aren't going to see it unless it's on Netflix. That's where kids watch all of their stuff, you know? And there's a whole, there's a generation of kids that, who only know the Clone Wars because that's all that's on Netflix. There are kids who just know Clone Wars. And Rebels. Rebels is on Netflix. On t- well, but Rebels is on, on TV. But but it's on cable. It's on a Disney XD, a cable channel that hardly anyone has. You know, I mean, it's not a common cable channel even. If we had cable, which we don't, we would not have Disney XD. We would have a basic cable package. We wouldn't have Disney XD. You have to pay a lot of money to get Disney XD in your cable package. So. Really, it's still the Clone Wars for kids, and a lot of kids have seen the Clone Wars and nothing else. And I think I just think they're dropping the ball. They need to get those movies on Netflix now. A friend of mine in class said that he, well, he just watches Clone Wars and the Star Wars movies, but he mostly watches Clone Wars. I think. Yeah, he just kind of because he talks a lot about Clone Wars mm-hmm. and some about the movies, but mostly Clone Wars. Yeah, Star Wars to him is. Clone Wars plus some other movies. Mm-hmm. The movies aren't the big part of it. Yeah. 
And, and don't get me wrong, Clone Wars is awesome. I love it. Yeah, uh, it is. But these these kids who are only watching what's on Netflix are missing out on so much. I know. You know, Rebels, Rebel, Rebels should be on, Star on Netflix Wars Droid by now. Tales. Season two is is a uh, is already on Disney XD. Rebels should be on Netflix. That's how it works, right? You get the season on Netflix before the next season comes out. But no, it's not on there yet. I, they got to get it on there. Anyway. Other Star Warsy things. I finished reading Lost Stars today. You did. While you guys were at school and I was eating lunch, I read the last chapter. It was pretty darn good. If you want to learn about the Battle of Jakku, read it. If you want to know what it's like to be a servant of the Empire, read it. If you like good Star Wars stories, read it. It's a great story. I'm gonna it's really it. good. Yeah. I, I, I shouldn't have stopped reading it. You shouldn't it. have. It's good. It's good. I need to read that. Just you know what? And the Battle of Jakku is right at the end, so it's like this nice little little uh, icing on the cake right at the end. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's very well done. Uh, we watched Rebels: The Lost Commanders. I also watched uh, part two, uh, which is called Relics of the Old Republic. We, you guys have not watched that yet, so I think we'll watch that tonight, maybe. Wait, the episode two of Rebels? Yeah, it came out I mean, last episode Wednesday. Episode three? Well, yeah, whatever, the, the one after the one you, you've seen. It's hard to say, because there's the TV movie, it. which is like episode one and two. But, Let's watch it. Yeah, we'll watch it, Liam. We, it, it's, it's really good. Um, but, you know, it airs too late when they're on, when they come on. They're on so late. You guys are already in bed, and then... And then it's like, then it's Thursday and Friday, which are busy days for us, and the weekend, which is so busy, so that's why we haven't watched it yet, but we'll try to get to it tonight. So speaking of Rebels, last year we started doing this podcast toward the end of Rebels Season 1, and we did a Reaction Core episode for each Rebels episode that aired after we started doing the podcast, but I don't think we're going to be able to do that this season. Um, there's just too much going on besides Rebels with The Force Awakens coming out and everything, I don't I don't foresee being able to do a Reaction Core episode for every episode of Rebels. I think we'll still do one now and then, when it's a really important episode, I think, or just when we have the time. Um, but we're probably not going to do an episode for every for every episode, which is okay. Episode for I'm every saying, episode. I'm saying the word episode a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... But we'll definitely record for some episodes, and especially for the finale, because I'm sure it's going to be awesome. The 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 finale finale is the the last last episode of the season. The last thing, the final thing, the finale. Yep. And, of course, Star Wars-y things. The full-length trailer came out, uh, which, you know, we we watched and we recorded a Reaction Core episode for. So go back and listen to that. It's only 24 minutes long, because you kids were really tired. Uh, but we gave an immediate reaction to the trailer, and we just scratched the surface of analysis of the trailer. And uh, we're planning on doing a shot-by-shot analysis on our next episode. Also coming up on our next episode, or maybe the one after that, I'm not quite sure. Uh, we're going to do a story time with Jedi Master Daddy. <laughs> where I'm going to tell you kids uh, about the times I waited in line for Star Wars. Gather round, children. It's going to be story time about when old Poppy waited in line for Star Wars. Sounds like a, like a great-grandpa talking <laughs> yeah. to his great-grandchildren. Yeah. When I was your age, I had to stand in line for Star Wars. Wait, that kind of <laughs> sounds like, I don't know who, but maybe, uh, the you know, and what is it called? That dinosaur show with the pterodactyls? Dinosaur train. Yeah, what the, <laughs> the grandma. Okay. That kind of sounded like the grandma talking. Oh, okay. All right. I'll take your word for it. Okay, are you kids uh, ready to get to this great interview with Fantasy Flight Games' Kyle Decker? Yep. All right, let's roll it. All right, I'm here with Kyle Decker, the general manager of the Fantasy Flight Game Center. How's it going, Kyle? I'm I'm well. Thank you for having me. Great. Uh, could you just tell me a little bit about the brief history of the Fantasy Flight Games sure. as, a, as a company? Sure. Fantasy yeah. Flight Games started in 1995 as an importer of European comic books by our CEO and founder, Christian Peterson. And from there, it evolved into making games. Uh, Twilight Imperium, which is the artwork behind me here, it's the first kind of big game, and Chris started working on and making more games and all, and then 
started uh, collecting really great intellectual property licenses and making really fantastic games surrounding them. And here we are, 20 years. We're actually celebrating our 20th anniversary this year, and we have fantastic games about Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones and some of our own individual games like Descent. Uh, Runebound is coming up. There's, we're, we make a lot of really fantastic games, and it's a really exciting company to be a part of. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, and I'm so awesome that you guys are here in in Roseville, which is really close to where I live. Um, and uh, how long has the game center? Been the game here? center has been open since uh, this particular location, this yeah. current setup, has been here since November first, two thousand thirteen. So we're okay. getting close to our two year mark. Uh, there was an, uh, before that an event center, which was more of a kind of a private country club model where you paid a membership to play games and all. Hmm. That was open for a few years before, but this big, and that was in a different building and everything. But in this particular building with the full restaurant and the big play space and the event space has been open almost two years. And it's a pretty, it's, you know, we're looking at about 16,000 square feet of game playing area, a kitchen, a full kitchen, beer and wine. You know, yeah. there's enough room for 200 people to sit down and play games in one room and another room for another 200 people to play games. <laughs> so it's it's a pretty exciting, unique facility, and I'm really excited and honored to be in charge of it, of yeah. in charge of this facility, which is one of the coolest facilities I've ever been in my whole life. And I get to run it, which is if you told 13-year-old me, I would be like, eh, jobs like that won't exist. What are you talking about? So, yeah, so basically someone at FFG said, let's make gamer heaven. And yeah, there's a very mission like this, 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 you know, Christian Peterson, our CEO, and he wants the game center to kind of be the prime example of what a game store can be. Because mm-hmm. the, the hobby industry, these retailers that sell these games are, are the, they're, they're where people buy the kind of games that Fantasy Flight publishes. So to have big, clean, open places with friendly, knowledgeable staff who know a lot about the games and nice, clean bathrooms and yep. nice tables and good food to eat. Yep. You know, that's the, not every game store is going to have a kitchen, but they can have nice, open play space. And, and, and there's lots of good game stores even here in the Twin Cities. There's, it's a really good time to be a fan of hobby games because there's so many fantastic game stores. There's some that have been open for years and they're starting to get attention. Is mm-hmm. The reason they've been open for so many years is because they're a really good game store. And yeah. People are realizing how valuable those are to the hobby, which is, you know, all of these specialty games have, they provide a place to play, you know, and, and knowledgeable staff that can tell you about it. And it's really awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> what you said about the openness, I, I have to <laughs> totally agree with you there. And open and clean and I'm gonna if if it's cool. I'm gonna take a bunch of photos yeah. and I'll put them online on, on yeah, the totally. website that goes along with this with totally. this episode at childrenoftheforce.com. Um, so I'll be taking many photos <laughs> because Absolutely. this place is beautiful. I mean, I came here just a, uh, a few weeks ago with my kids to check it out, and uh, we <laughs> we just walked around. Uh, looking around, you know, finding out, pointing out all the Star Wars stuff because that's what they're most familiar with, and me too. And just uh, jaw dropped when we got to that back room and saw those tables and that wall of games, and <laughs> it's it's a uh, it's an amazing place to have here. It's uh, special. <laughs> it is. Uh, so you get you guys. So Fantasy Flight Games has a lot of Star Wars games. Um, I'm wondering if you can just give me maybe an overview of each game and just a little bit about how they're played in a way because this is a this podcast, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say in a way a six-year-old can understand, sure. but I'm but I'm a newbie, so I mean, what I actually mean is a way that I can understand sure. that my kids would also totally. understand. <laughs> so, Fantasy Flight has the Star Wars license to make board and card games, you know, in the hobby market. So, we have starting with our miniature games. We have two. We have Star Wars X-wing, which is kind of the one that one of the first games we made mm-hmm. with the Star Wars license, where you have it's a miniature miniatures game so you have little plastic miniatures of x-wings and tie fighters and the millennium falcon and the slave one and all these cool star wars ships and um they you know they're really nice pre-painted uh hand they're actually hand-painted hand assembled really gorgeous you know replications of the ships you see in the movies and everything and 
you put them on a board and you have these movement templates that you know the next wing can move you know this this way and everything you move around you roll dice to simulate shooting at each other and avoiding uh, avoiding shots etc and doing various things so you're simulating space combat and in, in the X-Wing is more of a dogfight level. You know, you're controlling a handful of X-Wings versus a handful of TIE Fighters, for example. And it's really fun. Um, that is actually the game I recommend the most for, for kids. Like, yeah. I think a six-year-old can handle X-Wing. Sure. And I think someone who hasn't played a game like this, it has, I think, the easiest entry level. It's The learning curve on X-Wing is low, but to master it and be very skilled, mm -hmm. it has many nuances in it. Once the Learning the base mechanics is super easy, so it's a very accessible, fun game. But there's enough nuances and everything that the, the very like into it high strategy gamers are also in love with it so it's a very it's a very popular game because it has a very broad appeal yeah you know it appeals to the casual gamer who wants to you know play games with their kids at home sure and it appeals to the very competitive gamer who wants a tactical miniatures game as well it kind of touches both worlds which is really awesome we have star wars armada which came out early this year and it's a big fleet battle simulation game. So whereas in X-Wing, you actually are controlling an X-Wing. This one, you're controlling a Star Destroyer and a Carillion Corvette and the big, you know, epic scale yeah. ships. Yeah. And then you have little squadrons of, and you don't control an individual X-Wing or TIE Fighter. You control a squadron. Huh. And they have these big tactical battles. And you're basically an admiral kind of looking over your, your Akbar or General Mahdi, you know, yeah. making these big decisions on the the big scale uh space battles and that one's definitely more of a tactical geared at you know the more into tactical miniature games player that being said it is still has a relatively low learning curve as far as tactical miniatures games but it's a very well designed nuanced game that the very tactical into it gamer who really wants a lot of rules and stuff to, to kind of try new things that also appeals to them. But it definitely has a higher learning curve than X-Wing, but they're mm -hmm. both incredibly fun games. Yeah. And then going on to board miniature games, we have Imperial Assault, which is uh, a kind of adventure board game and it's two games in one. It's an adventure board game and a tactical miniatures game as well. You can play either way. Hmm. So the, the kind of standard way is the campaign mode where you have one player who controls all the Imperial forces. You're controlling stormtroopers and probe droids and ATSTs and Darth Vader and IG-88 and Boba Fett. And the other you control kind of the, the Denzians of evil and oppression, if you will. <laughs> and then the, the, the other players control individual elite rebel operatives hmm. you know they can play a wookie or a you know a tactical genius or a uh you know a a smuggler there's a jedi you know there's these various things you control hmm. and you go on these missions to where you have these tiles that show hey this is a this is a imperial communication facility so you as the heroes have to go into retrieve the data from this computer that's supposed to be in this back room mm -hmm. and then get out by a certain turn meanwhile the imperial player is trying to keep you from doing that with his imperial officers and his stormtroopers maybe mm -hmm. some hired bounty hunters etc so you're rolling dice and there's a there's a narrative story connected to all of it. Yeah. I mean the, the beginning of the campaign even has the scrawl in it, you know, <laughs> nice. to set up the yeah. story. And each mission you read little blurbs of story of things that happen based on your actions in it. Yeah. And then if you fail your mission as the rebels, you go on one path of a mission. And then if you you pass and you're trying to and you're basically telling a Star Wars story mm -hmm. through these tactical missions. So you mm -hmm. have a mission, you have, and the story continues, and it's really great. It's uh, got just enough tactical nuances. I think, I think a, like a nine or ten year old could handle the game yeah. as long as there was an adult probably running the Imperial forces. I think under ten might be a little too complicated. Sure, but it, it's, but a really sharp six or seven year old probably could yeah. figure it out. Is it something um, that the the story every time you play because of the the dice it can be a little bit different it, it changes yeah depending on the outcomes the can be changes, yeah. i mean there's two endings there's the ending sure. where the bad guys win and there's the okay, ending yeah. where the good guys win but you can get there in slightly different sure. paths each time that's cool uh, and then we have expansions for it. We just released our uh, the first expansion. It's uh, under the, t the the Twin Shadows, so it takes place on Tatooine, mm -hmm. and Boba Fett's kind of the main villain in that. It's a oh, miniature cool. expansion or a smaller span. Then we have our big deluxe expansion, which we announced the uh, Return to Hoth, which mm -hmm. is gonna be a, a basically about post Empire Strike kind of Empire Strikes Back era, and you're yeah. you're you know helping huh. you know it's, it's Echo Base and Wampas and all kinds of yeah, cool yeah. stuff. 
oh, cool. um, on that. So I mean, and that's going to be a big deluxe box expansion, which is going to be really cool. So and so as far as our miniature type games, and, then, and all of those games have these really gorgeously sculpted yeah. 3D miniatures. The X-Wing and Armada, they're fully painted, so they look good. Uh, Imperial Salt are not painted, they're high quality sculpt miniatures. You can go online, there's all these, on YouTube you can find painting tutorials uh -huh. and lots of people, and people are doing really fantastic paint jobs. Some of the Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker paint jobs are just yeah. truly phenomenal. <laughs> um, and so there's never really, there's never been models of you know star wars characters quite this detailed before yeah. it's really cool and those are our miniature games then beyond our miniature games we have the star wars living card game so our living card game is a model it's kind of like the best way to describe it. we have living card games for multiple lines we have a game of thrones living card game we have one that's a kind of cyberpunk one called Netrunner. You know, yeah, yeah, uh, I've heard. I, my friend was just telling me all about the yeah. Game of Thrones. So, one. but the way the the, li the living card game mm -hmm. is, you have the core game, which is an all game you can play on your own. Everything you need to have a good full play experience is in that core game. Yeah, and it's two players, and you're you're controlling either the Imp Empire, Imperial forces, Empire, Imperial or Rebel forces, and you're building decks of cards, and you're basically trying to complete objectives and missions. Mm -hmm. through your forces, through how your cards get. And then the living card game model, every month an expansion pack comes out that has it has all the same cards. So unlike a collectible card game like Pokemon or Magic the Gathering, mm -hmm. where you have these packs of random cards in there, there's one pack released each month in the living card game model, and you know this, this is the same cards in every pack. So you basically subscribe, you just buy that one pack each month, and you have the same cards as everyone else. Hmm. And you have all the copies you need, and so you just get that. So you're on the same playing field as everyone, and you just build your deck how you want with those cards. Yeah. And so you, you know, there, and there's cycles. You know, there's a rogue squadron cycle. So if you want to make a deck that's more around spaceships and everything, you can do that. There's one, you know, there's there's a bunch of cards around bounty hunters. You can make more of a bounty hunter deck if you want. So that's cool. But that being a card game, it's a little more. That one probably would be 12 to 13 or up. It's, you know, once a kid has played, sure. you know, Pokemon and some of the other kind of intro card games, and they yeah. have kind of a good knowledge base on that. Yeah. that would, the Star Wars card game would be a great game to graduate to. Sure. Um, it's, a, it's a really fun game. We're going to have the World Championships here yeah. for all those games I just mentioned yeah. earlier. Because, oh, as I said, Imperial Souls 2 games are one. You have the Story Arc one. Yeah. It's also a tactical miniatures game. Where you set up the board, and you each have an X number of points, and you each bring your either Imperial or Rebel forces, and then you actually just have, you know, you basically line up and try and have a combat with each other, and so that can have a, that lends to a, a competitive play, to where, you know, you have twenty people playing in a tournament, they just bring their lists and they're playing against each other to try and, hmm. you know, win things. So it's, yeah. there's a lot of value in the Imperial Assault because it is two games in one. Right. And then we have our role-playing game line, which is really awesome. Uh, role-playing games kind of got their start in the early '70s with Dungeons and Dragons, and then since you know, since the '70s, that you know, role-playing games have come a long way. There's mm -hmm. all kinds of there's a role-playing. If there's a certain intellectual property or, or genre you like, you probably can find a good role-playing game for it. Mm -hmm. uh, and Fantasy Flight makes the current Star Wars role-playing game, which is a really cool, it's a narrative-based role-playing game, so instead of being more combat-oriented, it's very story-oriented. Yeah. And in it, we have three separate but completely compatible uh, uh, sections of the game. We have the Edge of the Empire, which is, and each one is a fully stand-on-its-own game, and is also fully compatible with the other two. Huh. So we have the full rulebook for Edge of the Empire, so that's playing a role-playing game on the fringes of the universe. You're playing bounty hunters and smugglers at, in the Outer Rim, kind of, it's, it's you know, it's, it's kind of like frontier Star Wars, if yeah. you will. You're, you're literally trying, just trying to survive and scratch out a living on the edges of the Empire, hence the name, uh -huh. and just trying to survive like that. And then you have the Age of Rebellion, where you, as a group, simply, you play soldiers in the Rebellion, fighting the, the galactic civil war against the empire so it's more mm -hmm. military based you're yeah. members of a unit or maybe an elite strike team or maybe a squadron of x-wing fighters working together and then finally there's the force and destiny where which is about being force users during the the galactic civil war so there's a lot of you know 
how much do you flash off your Jedi abilities and bring down the Wrath of the Empire, but it has the Jedi mysticism uh -huh. and all of that really cool stuff that people love about Jedi. It has yeah. rules for making lightsabers and all kinds oh, of cool. cool things like that in it. Huh. But the cool thing is about they're all fully independent games. You don't have to buy all three to play. You can just yeah. buy one yeah. and have a really complete, fulfilling, fantastic gaming experience. But if you do want to buy the others, they're fully compatible backwards and forwards to all the other games. Yeah. So it's, it's a very, you know, for anything, there's all kinds of additional books. If you want to make a more detailed smuggler, there's a book about building really detailed smugglers and yeah. all kinds of cool things. And then we ha do have one little game I brought out called uh, uh, Empire vs. Rebellion. It's a little two-player card game yeah. that has just images from the movies, and it's, it's a quick little game. It's... It's under 15 bucks. It can fit in your backpack or pouch or, or purse, and you can carry it with you. It's a cool little travel game, and it's fun if you just want to play a quick little Star Wars game. Sure. It's a really fun one as well. And that's pretty much our whole line. We have expansions and additional things for all of yeah, yeah. them, but it all has fantastic Star Wars artwork and miniatures, and they're all really fun. With the, uh, and I know that took forever, no, but no. that's how big our Star Wars line is. <laughs> and, and it's a really good no, line. There's It's... I own all of them and play all of them because I'm, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, but I'm also a huge hobby gamer, and they're all really good hobby games that just happen to have the Star Wars yep. you know, skin on them. Sure. And, and a lot of them, they feel, you know, you feel when you're playing the Star Wars role-playing game, which I'm playing a regular group, you feel like you're your own yeah. character yeah. and, your, and in, in your own Star Wars movie, you and your friends yep. are crafting together. You know, you're playing X-Wing, you can't help but hear the music. From when the, the TIE Fighters are chasing the uh -huh. Millennium Falcon in A New Hope or, uh -huh. or the Empire Strikes Back, yeah. big indoor battle. You just hear that music in your head when you're playing it because you're zooming TIE Fighters and X-Wings uh -huh. around. Yeah, the, yeah that's, well, no, I, I totally appreciate the overview. That's exactly what I wanted. Um, I had a question about the role-playing game. So, like, when, when you buy, if you, like, say I bought uh, Edge of the Empire, mm -hmm. uh, like what? What comes with that? Is so, it the, so you can kind either just buy book? the core rule book, it's a rule book, which has all the rules you'll need to know yep. how to play the game, yep. and all the options for the different characters and equipment and ships you can use. Mm -hmm. It has instructions in there for the person running the game, the game master, sure. on how to handle combat and how to an handle interactions, how to build villains, mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff like that. And it has things in players on how to create their characters and flesh out. Um, and then you can buy, the, and it has these special storytelling dice because it's a storytelling system you buy yeah. separate. We have these really great beginner boxes, which I brought one of them out here. And the cool thing about these beginner boxes, they're for three to five players. They come with an intro rule book, uh, intro rule book and an intro adventure dice. It mm -hmm. comes with a set of the dice, and it comes with all this really high-quality maps and cardboard punch to use. As you know, to represent stormtroopers and things on the map in your heroes, yeah. but it has these pre-generated characters. So if you've never played a role-playing mm -hmm. game before, mm -hmm. and getting the big rule book and starting from scratch is intimidating, you get this beginner box. Like this beginner box is designed to teach people how to play role-playing games, and specifically this Star Wars role-playing game. Yeah. So this one has pre-generated characters that tell you this is your character, this is what they do, these are kind of their motivations a little bit. And then as you gain experience and want to power them up, this is how you power them up. And it walks you through that intro level and everything. So by the time you're doing the intro, done intro adventure, both the players and the gen game master have a really good base of knowledge on how to play the game. And then they can dive into one of the core rule books and get more into it. And we have a beginner's box for all three games. So if you want to learn how to play Jedi better, you can get the Force and Destiny beginner box yeah. and everything. But it's, I mean, it's you have a big map of a, of a YT 1300, which uh -huh. is the Millennium Falcon style ship that has the floor plan. So yeah. this can be your group ship that you fly around and you know what the floor plan of the ship looks like because you got this big full color map nice. that's really high quality and beautiful looking. And you, know, see you have the cool dice that all come in it. And the, this is just 30 bucks. Yeah. So if you get five people that want to play and you all put in a right. few bucks if you want to put your money together, it's a, you can have hours and hours and hours of fun with a role playing game yeah. for relatively low cost. Yeah. That's a great idea, the beginner box, too. It's, I, yeah. And, I, as a newbie, oh, I totally appreciate I mean, that. I, I'm, I'm a long-season role-playing gamer. Yeah. I've bought the beginner box for all three games because yeah. you get the great value of the dice because you end up right. wanting more dice. But the cardboard punch is gorgeous and beautiful and very useful, yeah. and the adventures are very fun yeah. as well. So it's just a great value and a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I've bought all three, and I'm, I'm a well-seasoned role-playing gamer uh -huh. just because there's so much 
so many cool things in those boxes, but they are very great to give to someone who wants to get into role playing games because yeah. it teaches you how to play a role playing game. Yeah, when the kids and I were in here uh, a few weeks ago, we we actually saw a group of people playing Edge of the Empire, and we they they were super nice and let us sit down and watch them play and. Uh, it looked like a ton of fun. Well, we have a group here that they've never played role-playing games before, and they bought they bought the Force and Destiny one. Yeah, they're actually sitting down and learning how to play. It's a group of adults learning how to play yeah. a role-playing game through the beginner box, and it's really cool. Awesome. And but they come and play here because the place to play, and then they do have questions. There's myself and some members of my staff that can even answer questions. That's one of the cool things about coming to a yeah. game store is you can often find someone who knows a little bit more about the game you're trying to play, and often get in get assistance which is a cool thing right and you guys have all these like if, if anyone wanted to come if anyone who's listening is local if they wanted to come here you guys have all these games up on the shelf just about for all them of them to, for, we have free demo games you yeah, can pull Imperial Assault off the shelf and play yeah. as long as someone else isn't using the copy sure. you can play the core set of X-Wing the yeah. core set of Amada and learn how to play the game for free before you invest money in buying it so it's a really it's a, you know you can you can play before you pay yeah that's which a, is a really fun it's an amazing public that. service you provide. Yes. <laughs> I gotta say, it's it's fantastic. Uh, for for your kids, I would highly recommend X Wing. And then yeah, I say after this, if you'd like me to do a quick demo and teach you the game, I'd be more than willing to do that. That would be awesome. So um, yeah, I'll I bring out. I have that. my whole collection. I own at least two of every ship in the X Wing line. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of a big. I <laughs> that's a lot of ships. It is. I even some own of them the big, are big. Yeah, I own. I don't own two of the big ones. I own one each of the big ones. But wow. but of all the smaller, you know, standard ones, I'm actually playing a game with friends. We're doing a big epic game. Uh, three because there's three factions now. This past year, we added the scum and villainy faction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I created this scenario where we all have our own different thing we're trying to accomplish. We play a three-way battle, and the imperial player is going to have the big raider, and the rebel player is going to have the big Carillion corvette. Yeah. And we're gonna have something like a hundred ships on the table, and we're gonna play. We're gonna play all night tomorrow night. We're gonna we're gonna meet at about two thirty, and we're gonna play from three till probably ten at night. And it's we're gonna have <laughs> the Star awesome. Wars soundtrack on the background. Oh, we're gonna order so pizza, cool. and it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> that's awesome. So I'm way into Star Wars. Yeah. Like, and there's that's it's so in cool. my DNA. That's one of the earliest pictures of me as a child. I'm probably a little younger than my son, about 18 months to two years old. I'm in a high chair in my diaper, and in my hands are a Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader action figure. The ones with the little lightsabers yep. that were in yep. the arm that you push back and forth. And I'm just sitting there holding them with this biggest <laughs> grin. My first memory of ever going to a movie theater is to see Return of the Jedi. That's one of my first memories, so, too. That's, that's one of my earliest yep. memories of seeing. Yep. I don't... And I didn't really understand the story for a long time. I just remember liking the visuals, yeah. liking kind of the grandiose nature of the whole thing. And that's how my son is now. He just, yeah. you know, very gets it. He loves recognizing the characters. Oh, yeah. You know, my my oh, wife, yeah. my wife is into it too. Like I trained him. He has the little. Gold, they have the golden books. Yeah, yeah. For Star Wars yeah, now, yeah. so I got him yeah. the three original trilogy yeah. golden books and stories. So that's how he's he's really learning the character names yeah. in there. But he, he, we were watching Return of the Jedi. He just goes. Akbar, you know, it's like a two and a half year old knows who Admiral Akbar is. It is so either awesome. I'm setting him up to be the best Star Wars nerd of all time or the worst. Uh-huh. I haven't decided, but he even knows. I was like, "What does Akbar say?" And he'll go, "It's trap." It's trap. <laughs> so yeah, That's it's, awesome. I'm very, I, I'm very passionate about Star Wars just as a fan. Yeah. So it's extra exciting to work for a company that makes fantastic Star Wars products. Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> I just, it's, it's as just I sometimes feel like I've hit the jackpot. I'm like <laughs> yeah. a kid in a candy store, yeah. yet I'm an adult. You know, yeah. getting paid to sell amazing games to amazing people. Yeah, yeah. You are the envy of many. <laughs> I'm, I know. I I don't <laughs> ever take this game. I, I every day I come to this job, I'm wondering how how I can just step it up and do better because I know I'm I'm just I'm very fortunate to be in this position yeah. and do what I do so I just enjoy every moment of it and try and get better every day so awesome so so we are in the game center but across yes. the parking lot is our is the, is the publishing headquarters so over there is you know where the game developers the art department the sales department the production department that once the game designers go okay we've made this game we have to figure out how to make a model of an X-Wing like the 3D modeling department has designed this X-Wing 
the work you guys have to communicate with the factory how we actually get it made and everything sure. so there's all these different moving parts that help make our these fantastic games all their offices all the offices and all the people are over there there's about 150 people yeah. in total that work over there that help make all our not just our Star Wars games yeah. make, that make all our different games it's a huge building I mean I looked at it and I'm like how how is that all <laughs> I was like, do you manufacture there too? But you don't. We don't. Yeah, we do have some. We do do some manufacturing over there. We do sure. print some cards, and okay. uh, all when we play, I we do the demo X Wing later. We make these really beautiful play mats. Yeah, that you can play X Wing and Armada on. So awesome. they make those over there. How many people would you say it takes to develop a game like X Wing? Uh, a couple, a few dozen. Yeah. So I mean, because it starts with. Your developers, your or game designers, who yeah. sit down and make the rules for the game, and you know they're using prototype cardboard components that they've you know made up in Photoshop and uh-huh. InDesign and everything, and print it out, and they're playing with little squares and all that are very abstract re- representations to play the game, yeah. and then you have their producer. You know, who kind of oversees the whole project and keeps them on task and, you know, checks, you know, the details and the spelling and, mm-hmm. the, you know, hey, is this the actual name of the pilot that flew the X-Wing? You know, yeah. they're, they're the, they kind of keep them in it. And then you have the art department, which, you know, takes that core and helps it look, you know, does the layout of the cards yeah. and the art on the box and makes that all look very pretty. And then you have your production department. Like I said, once the 3D modeling the 3D modeling and art department kind of have done the art, they figure out how to actually get it manufactured. Mm-hmm. And then after that, between the production and sales department, they figure once it gets manufactured, how do you get those containers, you know, to legit to our warehouse to ship out to stores to sell and everything there's sure. every step of the way from from concept to getting the game in your hand as a consumer there's lots of people that work and, and the cool thing out of there there's there's all those people are very passionate about doing it and they yeah. everyone cares over there about making a great game that people play so it's very much a team effort but it does start with a couple of game designers who sit down and like okay we need to make a game about you know star wars ships blowing yeah. each other up Got to start from there. Uh, that sounds amazing. That sounds like something that I think a lot of people would would love to get into. Do you Do you have any advice for kids or adults who want to uh, develop their own games at home uh, and or one day work? Well, sure. In the, the game? answer, if you want to do it at home, get out and do it. Yeah. Uh, play games. Kind of learn what mechanics are out there. Maybe familiarize yourself on the types of games. Mm-hmm. But if you're a kid and you want to get game design, my biggest advice is get good at math. Hmm. A lot of these games, at the core, they seem fun and everything, but down at the levels, the, there's lots of math behind yeah. almost all good games like this. There's To keep it balanced and fun, there's a lot of math and all behind it. So, you know, the, you know, it's one of those, I'll never use this in the real world, is you'll, you'll use lots of math to develop games. There's, yeah. there's some of our, our very talented game designers over there have a really strong background in math. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, being really strong in reading, writing, critical thinking is also yeah. you know, so a strong kind of liberal arts background with a lot of math. That's the kind of way to, to attack it. There's uh, uh, editing and layout too, knowing how to use Adobe Creative Suite, you know, how to use Photoshop. And if you want to make it at home, you know, you can make a pretty, you can do all your you know, like I said, we have departments and all at Fantasy Flight that use that. But if you know InDesign and Photoshop, you can design your own, you know, mm-hmm. you design the mechanics and then you can make your board look pretty for a board game yeah. if you want, if you have that skill set. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if, if you want to be a game developer, if you want to be a graphic designer for board games, yeah, you definitely need to know how to use the Adobe Creative Suite and everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those. And then Kickstarter for small independent producers. Kickstarters are a great way if you have a game. And you can show, you know, you've designed it on, you can show prototypes that you printed out on InDesign or Photoshop, and you can try and get a Kickstarter for that. Or if you're, you know, trying to get a job in this industry, you know, just Fantasy Flight, you know, occasionally check on the website, they're hiring for various positions. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, often those, if it's for a game design application, they want your resume and all and everything, but often uh, they'll have a test you take, you know, and have certain level of challenges so they can see how you figure out challenges how to design kind of a basic it's almost a game designer test yeah. but a lot of those you look you know it, you look at it it looks like a word problem in a math book uh-huh. almost yeah. it's like you know it needs to include this many different you know you need a game that has four factions and you know four different you know, game has four players each player needs to have this many things you look at it, i'm like this is a word problem from the math book so a very a strong background in math and even music because music you know reading music and all has a very kind of math-oriented background. Yeah. Those things 
are very, lend very strongly to the skill set you need to design games. Cool. Awesome. Well, I'm going to make sure that my kids, uh, <laughs> like someday kids are going to make me proud and be game designers. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, can I uh, just have a, a couple questions for you personally? Sure. Yeah. Just about, about Kyle Decker. Sure. Favorite Star Wars movie? Favorite Star Wars movie, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah? Even though Return of the Jedi was the first you saw? Yes. First I, I still, I don't, a lot of people say, I kind of shows, like, I'm not surprised. I just love Return of the Jedi. Empire Strikes Back is my favorite. It yeah, is, yeah. As, as someone, I, I'm an independent filmmaker too, it has the best, it has the most concise story, yeah, it has yeah. the most tense drama, yep. it's, it's the best film. Yep. As a pure film, yes, I agree with you. It is the, the best, best film, <laughs> and I love the Hoth battle, the oh, ATSTs yes. or ATATs, uh-huh. which my son recognizes. He sees them on yep. screen as ATAT. It's yep. just you know those the the whole art design of Hoth, and and then Cloud City is gorgeous uh-huh. yeah. as well. The art design there, and the first big lightsaber battle between Luke yep. and Vader, and of course the big revelation yep. and Yoda yep. with the great Frank Oz puppetry. I mean, there's so much to love about that movie. Agreed, agreed. Uh, favorite Star Wars character? Favorite Star Wars character? Oh man, that's a hard one. Uh, that is a hard one. Yeah, no. Which that's one do impossible. I like the most? Oh. <laughs> uh, or best written, maybe. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of like the, with the movies. Like I feel like uh, there was the thing about the Star Wars movie. The reason that resonates and it's still such a thing is, is none of the characters are. The, they're all so familiar. They're kind of based on the everyman story. The farm yeah. boy makes good and defeats mm-hmm. evil kind of thing. And 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 the original show. I I really like Princess Leia as a character because she. She's never really a damsel in distress. Even a New Hope, yeah, they get her from the detention bay, and then she kind of takes over. Yeah. You know, she's <laughs> she's she is not there. She is not helpless. She can grab a blaster rifle. Yeah. She she is a strategic part of the rebellion itself. Yeah. So as a character, I like her. But growing up as a kid, Luke was. I mean, yeah. Luke Luke was was kind of you know the way to design. You're supposed to kind of imagine yourself in his story, and his arc is really great. Yep. You know, he goes from slightly whiny kid, but he ends up becoming, you know, a, a great... He had an opportunity to turn to the dark side of the Force and Empire, and he decides he'd rather, you know, fall to his death than mm-hmm. turn to evil. And that was the moment I think he actually defeated Vader, is when he had the option of joining him, he said, no, that's something Vader could never do, because when Anakin had the choice to say no uh-huh. to the emp- Emperor, he didn't. He actually gave in to the Emperor. And yeah, the thing. Like so Luke, that's a nice symmetry. Luke yeah. had that same choice. Yeah. And Luke said no. And that was the moment that's that's why Yoda said your training is already complete. Mm. That was the trial Luke yeah. faced was fighting Vader at Bestman. Even though he technically failed the battle part of it, mm-hmm. he, he morally and from the side of the force, his balance with force, that's when he defeated Vader. That's a good and point. And then and then that ultimate confrontation in Jedi, that was when he helped defeat the Empire. You know. And that's what started sowing the seeds. I think that moment started sowing the seeds in Vader to remember that he was Anakin and everything that uh-huh. set the the tone for this is just me. This is my kind no, of no, fan fan kind of <laughs> the philosophy of Star Wars. Yeah. I do. That's what set the seeds for Vader to toss Emperor yeah. Palpatine down the the shaft and yeah, that's <laughs> turn the point. Jedi. I think a lot of people would say. I mean, the 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 prevailing thought is that when Luke throws the lightsaber away and says I'm a Jedi like my father before me a lot of people would say that was the moment that's when but, he defeats the Emperor but that's when he, yeah, that's when he defeats that's Vader is yeah. when he's hanging on the, the weather vane and he just says yep. he, he says no and then let's go because he's there's total calm in his face yeah. they like all the fear and everything so he's conquered his fear because fear is you know mm-hmm. like he's he's no longer afraid he just falls yep. you because yep. he's made peace no this is my decision I'm not going to go down the dark path you know this is it, you know. So, so yeah, that, and that's another reason that that moment is so powerful. Another reason, Empire. So yeah, Luke, just kind of that. I, yeah. Luke is is pretty cool. There's there's a podcaster I listen to, um, Justin Bolger. He used to be on the Forecast, and he does some other podcasts. And anyways, he always uh, makes a point to thank people when they've they've helped him see a part of the Star Wars saga in a new way because you know you get kind of entrenched in how you view it sure so I want to thank you for, oh sure for letting me see that in a, in a new way that's a I want to continue his tradition because because I had never I had never considered that that was when he defeated Vader that's a yeah. mind blow and that's that's, that's my interpretretion <laughs> like of it, it so it makes sense 
All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for sitting down and talking, and uh, let's play a game of X-Wing. Sure. Awesome. All right. Thank you again to Kyle for sitting down for that interview. Uh, afterward, Kyle set up a game of X-Wing for me and my friend Chris, and he walked us through the gameplay, and it was so much fun. I literally dreamed about playing it that night. It was really fun. And uh, we don't have the X-Wing game yet, but I'm looking forward to getting it soon. Maybe a Christmas present for me? Yeah, but I, I think we should play it at Fantasy Flight Games first oh. before we get it. Should we go to the Game Center and do a run-through? Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, make sure that you kids are kind of able to play it and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that. Or maybe idea. for a present for... Father's Day. Birthday. Ooh. Oh, so birthday. many things I can get presents birthday. for. Birthday. Birthday. There's a lot of, there's a lot of Star Wars-y things I would love to get for Christmas this year. Uh, X-Wing is at the top. Near the top. Maybe at the top. I don't know. It kind of changes from day to day. What, what is the top? Of that list. Oh, it's a big list. I don't know. I'll, I'll send it to Santa one of these days. And really quick, I mentioned the podcaster Justin Bolger toward the end of that interview, and I said that he used to be on the Forcecast, but uh, I want to correct that. He actually is back on the Forcecast now um, as a full-time host, so he wasn't, I think, when I recorded that, or I hadn't listened to the to the most recent two episodes or something. But anyway, uh, and also that I heard that his other podcast, Star Wars with Friends, is after a long hiatus, going to be releasing some new episodes soon. I really like that podcast, Star Wars with Friends, so I'll have to check those out. So what do you guys think of Kyle's theory that the moment Luke truly defeated Darth Vader was when he dropped in Cloud City? What do that's, you think of that? That's a really good idea. Yeah? Did you like that, Anna? Uh-huh. Yeah, like Pretty interesting theory. I like that one. Uh, of the games that, that Kyle described, which one are you most interested in, Anna? Which one? Of the ones that he described. I can... I'll ask you next! <laughs> I thought you were asking this one. I don't know. Yeah. Probably the one he said after X-Wing, X like the... Oh, Armada? Yeah, maybe oh, maybe that one, yeah. but I think probably X-Wing. Because okay. that seems really awesome. And I know when we talked about this before, you like the idea of creating your own stories with the role-playing games. Uh-huh. I, I, I forgot about that one. Um, that's probably, like, tied with X-Wing. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Sorry, my voice is a little hoarse right now. I kind of have a cold. Yeah, we're all working through cold still. <coughs> you can cough it up. <coughs> yeah, that does feel better. Okay. Uh, Liam, which, uh, which game, which game really hit home with you when you heard Kyle talking about them? Um... Empire Assault or whatever it was called, that game thingy. Imperial Assault? Oh, Imperial yeah. Assault? Yeah. Oh, really? Really? I would have thought X-Wing. Yeah, Imperial Assault. I think X-Wing and that are tied, too. Yeah, okay. Just yeah, I thought I thought your your math brain would really gravitate toward, toward X-Wing, but I think Imperial Assault probably has a lot of the same sort of stuff in it. Um, you know, trying to figure out exactly how to do things and what order and stuff. Yeah. Well, we should definitely take a trip to Fantasy Fight yeah, Games soon and say hi to Kyle and bask in the awesomeness that is <laughs> that place and then try out some of those games. Yeah. Cool. Uh, one more Star Warsy thing really quick that I forgot to mention at the top of the show. Your piano teacher uh, asked us the other day how if the Force can be sensed in Anakin in Episode 1, then why can't the Jedi sense that Palpatine is strong in the Force too? I thought that was a really interesting question, and she kind of wanted to hear if there was an explanation for that. And I think a lot of people have questions, a lot of questions like that. Just kind of, you know, nuts and bolts Star Wars questions. Like, how does this work? What is, how does this make sense? No offense, people, but we have a Star Wars podcast, and I think she just probably pro just knew that we were, we were, we could probably answer a bunch of Star Wars questions. <laughs> well, Sure. I mean, we talk about Star Wars I mean, a lot. Yeah, we do, and we have a Star Wars podcast, so. Well, yeah, that doesn't Which, that doesn't automatically make I us guess, experts. But, I mean, but it means that we probably talk about Star a Wars lot. a lot, and because of that, know stuff. So, so what, uh, Anna? Were you wanting to say what we told her? We told her that that people can learn to hide their 
their force power. Mm-hmm. And Palpatine is really good at the force and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he knows a lot about the force. And so he can hide his force, like, uh, ability yeah. from other force users. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And it would make sense that Anakin wouldn't know how to do that. Because he hadn't been trained yeah. at all at the, when he was a little kid, right? Um, now you know I am I'm trying to f- trying to remember, and I tried looking it up, and I could I can't find it. Um, but I'm trying to remember whether or not there is a a canon explanation that that fits what you just said. I'm not sure that there is. I think that there is. It's got to be out there somewhere. But I know that that's kind of the generally accepted version, right? That that. Palpatine hid his force powers. He he hid himself in the force. Is kind of what it talked. How how they how they phrase that. But I don't know. I don't know whether or not that's completely canon. But it would make sense. I mean, if you think about well, again, this is sort of legends. But you know, the fact that there were like Sith wars, right? Like Bane is canon. The fact that there was a Darth Bane, and the story of Darth Bane isn't necessarily canon but that story is that you know takes place during the time when like jedi and sith were were fighting and there were armies of sith and armies of jedi fighting each other right but it would make sense for the jedi to learn how to hide themselves in the force if they knew that there were dark force users who would want to hurt them right because if you're trying to hide from a force user or something right it would it would make sense that that would be something they would learn how to do so I think we can reasonably assume that that is the explanation, even if there's no canon explanation for it. And please, if there is anyone listening, let me know, uh, because I could be missing something very obvious. Well, thank you, dear listener, for putting this episode of Children of the Force into your ears. If you like what you hear, you want to be interviewed, or you can think of something you really want to talk to us about, or if you have a question about Star Wars, like the one we just talked about, uh, reach out to us online. You can contact us via Twitter at Force Children. On Facebook, we are Children of the Force. Our email is ForceChildren at gmail.com. Our website is www.childrenoftheforce.com. And while you're on our website, click on the link on the left hand side of the page that says. Send Children of the Force a voicemail! And that'll take you to a SpeakPipe page where you can leave us a voicemail from the comfort of your computer. What did you think of the trailer? Let us know by sending us a voicemail. Do you have a joke that you'd like us to read on the show? Send us a voicemail. Send us an email. Contact us. Let us know you're alive. And finally, please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere else you listen to us. Doing so will make it easier for more people to find us. And it will feed my ego. For Children of the Force, I'm Al. I'm Anna. I'm Liam. And may the Force be with you. How now, brown cow? How now, brown cow? How now, brown cow? How now, brown cow? Where did you Star Wars. Why? Star Wars. From Star Wars. No, I didn't learn it from Star Wars. No, it's a way to get your mouth moving so that you're you're loosened up. Yeah, but where do you learn it? I don't know. I just you just hear it. I just grew up hearing it. I have no idea where. Probably some TV show or something. I have no idea. Okay. Anyway. Head about cow. Okay, and